1 Samuel chapter 2. Now the prayer of Hannah does express a depth of spirituality. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Verse 1. Now evidently Mary was familiar with this prayer of Hannah. Because actually the rejoicing of Mary when she came to her cousin Elizabeth, when she was expecting Jesus, is much the same pattern as this of Hannah. And Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit does rejoice, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. And she goes on, and, and you might want to compare the second chapter of Luke with this one. The rejoicing of Mary, called the Magnificat, with this praising of Hannah. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none besides you. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Verses 1 through 3. Mm. It's a heavy statement, right? By God, actions are weighed. It isn't enough to do the right thing. You can do the right thing with the wrong attitude, and it counts for nothing. Because God weighs your actions. That is, what motivates your actions. And Jesus said, Take heed to yourself that you do not your righteousness before men to be seen of men. For I say unto you, you have your reward. And we are told that one day the secrets of the heart are going to be judged or weighed. God knows why you have done a certain thing. Now, there are people who pray, but they only pray in order to be seen of men. And thus their prayers really don't count as far as God is concerned. They have their reward. There are some people who give with such an ostentatious way so that their name will be on a placard or something. Now, when you get to heaven and you come before the Lord and the Lord goes through the books and you say, wait a minute, Lord, you're forgetting something. My name was on that stained glass window. We paid a lot of money for that stained glass window. Lord, I don't see it on your records here. <laughs> and he'll say, nope, it isn't on the records here. Oh, why not, Lord? I, I mean, man, that cost me a pretty penny. And he'll say, you had your reward. Everybody that passed by that window saw your name. And they said, oh, isn't that marvelous? He gave a stained glass window to the church. Now, some people give in order to be seen of men. And that motive is wrong. God weighs your actions. Why did you do it? Is it really more important than what I do? Your attitude is far more important than your actions. So acknowledging that by him 
are all of our actions weighed? Because Jesus illustrated to us when he was here that even if we think about a sin and we've played around with it in our minds, that sin is actually accounted to us. Now, it's foolish to take this picturesque speech of Hannah and say that the Bible teaches the ancient theory that the earth was set upon pillars. <laughs> because she uses this figure of speech and speaks of the pillars of the earth and the world would be set upon them. It's only picturesque figures of speech and it is not a kind of divine revelation at all. The bows of the mighty men are broken and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired themselves out for bread and they that were hungry ceased so that the barren had borne seven, and she that has many children is waxed feeble. Now, I do detect here in Hannah's prayer a little bit of gloating over that woman that troubled her for so long. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes the poor, and he makes the rich. He brings low, and he lifts up. He stirs up the poor out of the dust. He lifts the beggar from the dunghill and sets him among princes to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. Verses 4 through 8. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. Verse 9. Here again, I, I think it's a very important scripture. He will keep the feet of his saints. In the Psalms, a lot is said about keeping the feet of his saints. In the 71st Psalm, my feet almost slipped. I almost had it. The walking in slippery places, keeping the feet of his saints, keeping me from falling, actually. For by strength, Shall no man prevail? Oh man, what a what a valuable truth. For by strength, that is by a man's own strength, you will never prevail. I am strongest when I am aware of my weakness. And I am at my weakest point when I think I am strong. When I think, ah, oh, I've got this wired, Lord. I don't need any help from you. I'm able to make it just by myself. You don't need to hold my hand, Lord. Just let me do it on my own. There's no problem here. That's when I'm at my most vulnerable position. When I'm standing there and saying, Lord, I don't think I can. Lord, I, I know I can't make it. Lord, help me. I know that I'm gonna be able, not going to be able to make it through this one. I need your help. That's when I'm at my strongest position. For by strength shall no man prevail. By your own strength, you'll never know real victory. It is only as we rely and we learn to rely and trust in the strength of the Lord that we really are strong. Now, we go into a little bit of the history of Eli's sons here and and. And they were really 
They're horrible. They're rats. Eli was the high priest, and his sons, they were greedy. They were priests representing God, but they were bad representatives. Now, it was a custom in those days when you would offer your sacrifice to the Lord. You would be at the feast, and they would they would cut it up, and they'd burn the fat as a burnt offering, and the smoke would ascend up to God. Then they would oftentimes then boil the meat, and then you'd eat it. You'd sit down and more or less eat it with God. But as the meat was being boiled, the priest would come along, and they and they had these little hooks, little little forks with three hooks, and they'd reach into the bowl into the pot and pull out and whatever they got out was theirs that became the priest's pay so to speak it was sort of the salary for the priest they just put their forks in and, and pull out from the food that was cooking and whatever came out that's what they had but eli's sons would come to them when they were just cutting them up butchering the meat and they'd say we don't want boiled meat we want to roast ours we want to take ours now. And the people would say, well, be sure and take the fat and offer it to the Lord. And they said, hey, don't give us a bad time. You don't want to give it to us now. We'll take it by force. So they were bullying the people. These priests, they were bullying the people. And the effect of it was that men began to abhor the offering of the Lord. Now we go down to verse 17. Now the sin of the young men was great because it caused people to begin to resent their offerings to the Lord. Verse 17. What a horrible sin that actually is. Where you turn people off from God because of your attitude, because of greed and your own greed, you cause people to blaspheme God. Now Samuel began to do little errands around the temple. And his mother made him a little linen robe, like the priest. Though he was just a little guy, yet he began to wear the robes of a priest. And he began to do the errands around there. And I imagine he was quite cute, just running around there. And I'm sure he was a, quite a sight to see. There in his little linen robe and going around and doing some of the little duties around there. I imagine it was quite a sight. And every year his mother would make a little coat for him. When she would come up each year to sacrifice, she would bring him a new coat, a little bit bigger naturally than the year before, and visit him there. So Eli the priest blessed Elkanah his father, that is Samuel's father, with his wife, and said, The Lord give you seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went to their own home, and then God blessed Hannah. And she conceived, and had three other sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Hmm. Now Eli was an old man, and he heard the things that his sons did. How that actually they were lying with the women right there at the gate of the temple. Verses 19 through 22. They were just perverse, man. I mean, though they were supposedly representing God as the priest, yet they were immoral. They were crooked. And they were really rats. And so their dad said, why do you do such things? I hear of your evil dealings from all of these people. My sons, it's not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sins against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who's going to pray for him? 
Notwithstanding, they did not hear the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. 1 Samuel 2, 23-25 In other words, they had gone so far from the Lord that he was going to wipe them out. Therefore, they just didn't listen to their dad. But the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Now there came a man of God to Eli and prophesied to him how that God had promised to place the high priesthood into the house of Aaron forever. Verses 26 through 28. However, because of Eli and his sons who would not honor the Lord, God said, for them that honor me, I will honor. But, dis- but for them that despise me, they shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house, and there shall not be an old man in your house, and you will see an enemy in my habitation. In all the wealth which God shall give Israel, there shall not be an old man in your house forever. Verses 30 through 32. And then the prophecy here in verse 35. You shall raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. Mm -hmm. So the prophecy right here of the new priesthood in Jesus Christ the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Awesome. Chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious. Here, precious means scarce. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. God just wasn't speaking to man. And it came to pass, when Eli would lie down in bed at night, Samuel went into his bedroom. And Samuel heard a voice calling him, and he said, Here I am. And he ran into Eli, and he said, Did you call me? And Eli said, No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And Samuel went back to bed again, and he heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he went running in again, and he said, Here I am. What do you want? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, kid. And Samuel went back to bed again, and again he heard the voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he went running in and said, Surely, surely you called me. What do you want? (laughs) Now, The old man began to get the picture at this point, and he figured that, hey, maybe God is speaking to this boy. So he said, go back to bed. If you hear your name being called again, say, speak, my Lord, for your servant hears. Verse 9. So Samuel went back to bed, and he heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, speak, my Lord, for your servant hears. And the Lord said to Samuel, I'm going to do a work in Israel. When they hear it, their ears are going to tingle. In that day, I'm going to perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. And when I begin, 
I'm going to finish. For I've told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Verses 1 through 13. Now, here is something to me that is very interesting. Something that we had better take note of. It was Eli's refusal to discipline his sons that brought the judgment of God upon his house. His refusal to discipline them in their actions. And fathers, we have a responsibility in the disciplining of our children. Make sure you don't shirk that responsibility. Eli did not discipline his sons. He allowed them to go on with these actions, and thus God promised that he was going to judge the house. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifices nor offerings forever. They can't offer any sacrifice to cleanse themselves. Samuel lay until the morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. But he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And Eli called Samuel, and he he said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here I am. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord said to you last night? I pray that you will not hide it from me. For God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from all of the things which God said. I'll tell you what, man, that's, that's not fair. Laying something like that on a kid. Tell me, and and God do the same to you and more, if you don't tell me everything that God said. So, Samuel told him everything. He didn't hide anything from him. And he said, Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Verses 14 through 18. Now, this is quite an attitude for the old man. A submission under the judgment of God. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems right. A commitment of himself to that judgment, that promised judgment of God. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, realized that Samuel was established to be the prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. And the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Fantastic. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, what a, what a wonderful work you did through this young man, Samuel. Lord God, may we have an ear to hear you And Lord, when we do hear you, may we do your will. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, bring us closer to your heart. Lord, bring us closer to a walk with you. May we walk directly in your footsteps, Father. Not that we will ever be perfect here on earth, but Lord God, 
let our thoughts be perfect towards you. Father, bless us today. Let us know of your existence in our life. Father, just as you did with Samuel, call our name. Lord, your servant hears in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen.